This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. I am super excited to have Becky Keefe in studio today. I read her book a few months back, No Better Mom for the Job, Parenting with Confidence Even When You Don't Feel Cut Out for It. And I know so many moms can relate to that title right there. And after I read her book, I thought, I'd really love to have her on the podcast, but So I randomly reached out to her on Instagram and I said, if you're ever in the Nashville area, I'd love to have you on the podcast. And lo and behold, she was coming to Nashville this week. So Becky, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. I love how God just orchestrated it to work out for me to be here. And I'm delighted to come and share with you today. And so I know not everyone listening is familiar with you and your family. And I'd love for you to just take a minute to introduce yourself to us. Yeah. So... I am the mom of three spirited boys, as I like to say. (laughs) I had three boys in three and a half years, Mm. which was not the plan. It rocked my world, but such a gift. Um, Now my oldest, Noah, is 11. Elias is nine and Jude is seven. We live in Southern California outside the Los Angeles area. Um, My husband, Chris, and I have been married for almost 15 years, and we love hiking sunny trails. Um, and spending time outdoors as a family. I'm also obviously an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm the community manager for Encourage, which is a day spring community and just a great opportunity to share life and stories and encouragement with um, thousands of women every day. And I love that the front of your book kind of speaks to your family's love for hiking because it's a picture of you all 
I'm assuming on a hike somewhere. It is. And that's a real selfie that I took of us on the trail. And I just think it's also a beautiful just metaphor for motherhood. It's such a journey. There's ups, there's downs, there's times where you feel like I cannot take one more step. Um, And yet we can and, and we do. And I'm excited to talk about some of those things today. So you have three boys, like my hat's off to you. (laughs) I receive all the chocolate and gold stars anyone wants to give me. And you had three boys in three and a half years. Like, just take us back to that season of your life. If you can even remember, it's probably just a crazy whirlwind. But what was that like? Oh, oh, Crystal, I I don't, I have, I have no words. Um, It was, it was chaotic and beautiful. I mean, when... You know, I say, you know, Noah came and then Elias, you know, came 19 short months later and Jude crashed onto the scene (laughs) 22 short months after that. And it really felt like that. I mean, now like I'll be out and about and I'll see like a mom with like two and a double stroller and I'll be like, wow, like, how do you do that? I'm like, oh, I did that. Like there was years where it was two and the double stroller and the baby was strapped to me and it was exhausting. I so often, I mean, now I can look back on the pictures and see their, you know, toothy smiles and remember those, you know, wobbly first steps and wonky first words and think about it with fondness. But in the moment, it was really, really hard. I remember just feeling like, Lord, I don't think I'm the mom for these kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I love them with every fiber of my being. And yet so often I felt alone. I felt inadequate. Um, I never knew I struggled with anger until becoming a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a chapter in my book called when the people you love the most bring out your worst. <laughs> uh, if anyone can relate know that you are not alone in that. So they were beautiful years. They were chaotic. I called my boys, my trifecta of tiny testosteronies <laughs> because the whirlwind of just movement and noise and nonstop action. I mean, those were some, some hard, good hard years. And I think so many moms who are listening can really relate to that and relate to you talking about feeling like so inadequate Mm -hmm. and you just didn't have what it took Mm -hmm. and feeling like, God, really? (laughs) Three boys in three and a half years? What were you thinking? I don't have what it takes. And yet you've now written this book that is no better mom for the job, parenting with confidence, even when you don't feel cut out for it. And so One of the quotes that I loved in your book, I'm actually going to read it. It was from page 18 and you talk about confident parenting. You said confident parenting means asking the spirit of God to empower you day by day, moment by moment to love, train and raise your kids well, trusting that he will do it. And when you falter or fail and don't know what to say or do or how to keep on keeping on, you believe that the God who loves your kids even more than you do will fill in the gaps for what you lack, and tomorrow will bring mercies anew. How do you get to this point of believing this? Mm. Oh, Crystal, even you reading those words, I'm like, I need those words again today. Mm -hmm. I really do. I think I got to the point of, and and if you're listening, you can get to the point of, of not only reading those words, but believing them. I think first by by acknowledging by my own strength, I am inadequate, like mm-hmm. on my own, like, and I can try, try harder and try to do more and be better. And, but on my own, I don't have enough patience for my kids on my own. I don't have enough wisdom for those hard parenting moments or seasons when we are up against something and we're like, 
I don't know how to train this child well. I don't know how to deal with this personality that is so opposite of mine or these needs. I think about moms who have a child with special needs, or maybe you are a foster parent or an adoptive mom, and you are navigating things that you're like, I don't have the tools to do this. And so I think it's really, it was freeing to me to get to a place of acknowledging, like, I can't do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And if I can't do it on my own, then what am I supposed to do? And to realize that there is a God who did not make a mistake in making me the mom of my kids. Um, He has a plan and a purpose for my life and for theirs, and he's actually going to grow us up together. And so I just opened my heart to be like, Lord, I I need you. I don't want to keep doing this on my own, Um, was when I felt like I I began to cross over into the threshold of, of thriving as a mom. Not that it was easy, but that I... I stopped turning inward for that confidence and start turning outward to God. So was this a long process to get to that place? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I feel like it's a process I'm still in. I mean, mm-hmm. now I'm out of, I mean, I was, I was nursing or pregnant for five and a half years straight. I was home with lots of littles. It felt like that season would never end. I remember someone telling me like, well, just think Becky, like your kids will be in school in six years. And I was like, you could have said 60, like that's mm-hmm. how far away that felt. And now I'm, I'm in that season. Um, and yet I still need to r- remind myself daily, God, I don't want to do this on my own. I cannot do this by my own strength or my own wisdom, like, and tapping into the power and strength that he, that he offers. And part of that too, is seeing how he has uniquely equipped me already to be the mom that my kids need. And instead of focusing so much, I think we can do this a lot as women, we can focus so much on our weaknesses, on our lack, and see that as a liability instead of seeing, God, how how did you wire me to meet the needs of my kids? And, um, and by identifying some of those things can really lead us into a place of parenting with confidence. One of the things I loved in your book is you talked about this wanting to be the mom who takes her kids to the park uh-huh. and how you quickly realized that was just a recipe for disaster. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, going to the park, that, it's not rocket science. Like, shouldn't <laughs> every mom be able to take their kids to the park? But when I was in this season with littles, so our oldest was high energy, high curiosity, high activity, like spirited and strong-willed to his core. And so I remember one particular time, um, like I mentioned, I was really lonely in motherhood. And so a newish friend had invited us, you know, will you come with us to the park? And I was like, yes, I would love to. I was a little nervous. It's a park I'd never been to before. And basically the entire time my friend sat as her calm, sweet little girl sat in the sand, playing nicely, sharing her shovels. And my my child instead was running in every direction, darting for the parking lot, climbing to perilous heights. And I was so frustrated with him. I felt defeated in my motherhood. Like, why can't I control this child? And I just left that play date, not having connected with a friend, not having delighted in my child, not feeling good about myself as a mom. I just felt like this defeated mess. And that wasn't an isolated incident. This happened multiple times. And I got to the point of realizing, you know what? This beautiful sprawling park can work for a lot of moms. But for me and my particular children in my particular season, especially with, you know, two little ones who were bolting in different directions and a baby to to feed and to watch, make sure some kid doesn't eat a rock, like all the things, it was too much for us. And so I had to realize like, I'm not disqualified from being a good mom because we can't have a good time at the park. I have to learn to set boundaries that will set us up 
for success. And so one of those really simple things was like, we are only going to go to gated parks where there was a full fence around that play area. I still had to be vigilant watching my children, but it was a simple decision that led to so much freedom. And I just was like, if there's a situation in your life where you are constantly feeling frustrated with yourself or your kids in an unnecessary way, maybe it's time to make a change. And for me, that simple change was we're only going to go to gated parks for that season. I love that. And I think that's so freeing for so many moms. Mm -hmm. You don't have to mother exactly like another mother does. Or you can also say, you know, thank you so much for inviting me to the park play date. Could we actually, you know, you talked about in your book, suggesting let's go to this particular park because you knew that would work instead of just being this frustrating situation where you would feel like a failure. You could suggest something that would end up setting you all up for success. Exactly. And to realize that my boundaries are not going to be the same as yours or my friends or the 1200 moms on Instagram, you know, mm-hmm. that I had to realize how, how am I wired become a student of my child to be like, I don't want to break my son's spirit. I don't want to take the curiosity and the adventureness out of him. I want him to be safe. I want mm-hmm. him to learn boundaries and to listen to me and all those things. But for sure, like, and at the time we lived really close to this beautiful park and people would be like, Oh, do you take your boys to Finkbeiner all the time? No, no, I do not. (laughs) Why? Because there was like this like big old canal that like went through it and there was a skate park and basketball courts and so too many possible distractions. So I'd be like, I would love to meet you at the park. You know, we can go to these two parks and I would drive an extra 12 or 15 minutes to do it. But I was able to enjoy that motherhood experience, enjoy it with my kids and bonus if I got to connect with a friend in the midst of it. You talked about your sons having, you know, curiosity and adventure and being spirited. I love how you are putting these positive words on high energy, (laughs) which I think boys naturally seem to have a lot of energy. I remember Mm -hmm. when my Silas was just, he was two or three and he, he, I just felt like he just needed to hit something. Mm -hmm. And so I sent him out to the garage on his little trike. And I said, you just run your trike into the freezer over and over and over again. Like he just needed to kind of like do something that made a loud noise. And totally, I would love for you to press into what you said about, I don't want to crush their spirit. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want to break that. I don't want to stifle that. How do you approach that as a mom while keeping your sanity, but also not crushing their spirit. Oh, that, I don't know that there's a, that there's a recipe for it, but I think that by, by valuing more who my child is rather than just what his behavior is, is definitely a key component of that. And I think, you know, part of this, what we've been talking about of, of setting boundaries that will set you up for success I realized it was more important to learn who my kid was, to delight in him, to have quality time together, than live out my ideal picture of motherhood. Mm-hmm. So another example is when before becoming a mom, I imagined going to the library and spending hours poring over books and we would go to story time and it'd be this magical experience. It was not magical. <laughs> it was not magical because while every other little kid seemed to be able to sit crisscross applesauce and listen to the librarian read the story and follow along with the tambourines or scarves or whatever they're doing. My kid just wanted to climb the furniture or pretend that the stacks of books were like a racetrack and run around it. And I remember, you know, I'd get the stink eye from other parents or from the librarian. 
And I was like, I could be like, no, we will go to the library and, you know, you will behave. Um, Certainly there's appropriate (laughs) behavior and boundaries for different settings. Or I could realize for this season, this is not bringing out the best of my child or me. And so guess what? For years, we did not go to the library. We did not do one summer reading program. (laughs) I would pick up books. We would read the same books at home, you know, 10,000 times. But I feel like if I had pressed in and been like, like, no, we have to do this, it would have been one of those times where I would have crushed who he was. My kids needed to be outside in the backyard digging and building forts, and that's who they were. But guess what? My boys are now 11, 9, and 7, and we do go to the library, and they are calm and respectful. You know, I have to remind him, inside voices, all the things, but it was for a season. And I remember, this is probably two or three years ago, and one time my mom was over and we were sitting on the back porch. And really those really, really hard years, especially with my oldest, they lasted from about time he was probably around one to five or six years old. I mean, I just, I thought this kid is never going to be able to go to school and sit and listen. This kid is never going to be able to have a meal at the dinner table that's not a battle. And so this was a few years removed from that. And we were on the back porch and the boys were playing soccer or whatever. I remember my mom just looking out kind of reflectively and saying, you know what, Becky, you and Chris, my husband, you guys have done such a remarkable job with Noah. And she's like, I can't believe how much he's matured. And looking back, I think someone else would have crushed a spirit like his Mm -hmm. um, being more concerned about getting out the proper behavior. But the grace and patience you showed him has made all the difference. Mm -hmm. And I remember after she left, writing it down because it was so impactful. Because in those years, I feel like a mom needs to hear this. When you are in the thick of it, you may not feel like you're the right mom. You may feel like, am I crushing this kid's spirit? But sometimes it takes being able to look back. And at the time, I did not feel like I was the, the mom for him. I felt like I was failing. I felt like someone else could surely sweep in like super nanny and you know, do a few techniques that somehow were elusive to me and get this kid to fit in a box, but he wasn't a kid who fit in the box. And so hearing my mom's words and taking him to heart and looking back, I could trust, okay, even if I can't see it in the moment, I can trust that I really am the right mom. And I'm so grateful that I wasn't so concerned about getting him to fit in that box. And I could really just be like, got a parent the way that's going to meet the needs of this child. I love that. And I think it goes hand in hand with something that you bring out in your book about how so many moms feel like they aren't enough, but you really encourage them. You say to call out the simple, beautiful, regular, extraordinary things that are your mom powers. And so not Mm. only seeing your child for the gifts and the wiring that God has given them, but seeing yourself also in that light. And I talk to so many moms who just feel like, I don't. I don't really think I, I have any gifts. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I, I just look around and I feel like I don't have a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that mom? Oh, I would say you have so much to offer. I talk to moms too all the time and I, and I will give them a challenge. Like I want you to, you know, to turn to your, someone you're sitting next to and tell them one of your strengths. And it's like crickets. Mm-hmm. If I would say, tell a friend something that you're not good at, chatter, right? We are so keenly aware of our weaknesses, but I think that we have to turn our eyes not to something huge and big and grand, but what are those small, ordinary, everyday things? So it might be something as simple as flossing your kid's teeth or- Are we supposed to do that? (laughs) 
I that that <laughs> for the record, that is not my strength. <laughs> I was gonna say that is definitely not on my no, list. No, okay. but but it is some moms. And for that mom, I want you to know <laughs> not everyone is good at that. Maybe it's French braiding hair, maybe it's the way you tickle your kids back at night before bedtime and it soothes them. I have a ro- robust stamina for card games. Yes, I do. That is one of my super mom strengths. And I think if we just stop trying to compare ourselves to what everyone else is doing and just see what are those things that I'm doing that really meet the needs of my kids. And it, it's hard. It's hard to be willing to say like, oh, I'm good at that. Like, so I remember making myself make a list when I was feeling so just not enough and defeated. And on that list, I wrote things like, I'm, I'm good at teaching my kids gratitude. Mm. It's a daily part of our lives. I'm, I'm good at fostering imagination. My kids can take a cardboard box and do lots of things. Um, I'm good at showing physical affection. Even as my boys get older, we still cuddle and hold hands. And I mean, not in front of other people <laughs> if you're 11, but, um, you know, and so I just challenge moms, what is that for you? Um, you know, I have a friend who is great at teaching her kids to read and teaching them the ABCs and she loves it. And I remember being like, that's amazing that you do that. And she goes, well, everyone does that. Well, two things about that. One, your strengths have nothing to do with someone else's. So even if every other mom does what you do, it doesn't diminish that it's a strength. But secondly, no, they don't. I'm, I'm a writer. <laughs> I'm, I'm an author. I love to read. I am, was not good at teaching my own kids to read. It was not a natural strength. And so I could call that out in a friend. And sometimes I think that's the power of friendship too, is if you can't see it in yourself, for sure, a friend can see it in you. And sometimes that's what we can do. We can speak that truth. I remember a, a mom I didn't know very well. And um, it was one of the first years our kids were playing soccer, which really was code for pay a lot of money for your kids to sit in the grass and pick weeds uh, or climb a fence. And I remember feeling, you know, I was like, one kid was at practice. I was trying to corral the other two. I just, it was not going well. And afterwards, a new mom I was just getting to know, she texted me and she goes, Becky, I love the way that you really you know, meet the needs of each one of your kids um, based upon the moment. And I was like, are you, who are you talking to? <laughs> me? I couldn't see that, but she saw something in me. She saw that I was, you know, adapting to each one of my kids in that kind of chaotic moment. Um, so we all have simple, ordinary, extraordinary strengths. And part of growing in confidence is living eyes wide open to those things. One of the things you just touched on that I loved in your book was the power of community. Mm. And you talked about how to build those friendships mm-hmm. that will really last. There's a word that I'm trying to think the phrase that you use in your book and it's not coming to me right life now. Life together friends? Yes, life together friends. Yep. I know there are a lot of moms mm-hmm. who are really lonely. I know I personally have experienced a lot of loneliness and I loved what you shared in the book, just some practical ways. I know we don't have time to go into all of those, but can you give us a couple of key points of how moms can go about starting to develop those life together friendships? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I definitely was that mom. I felt like I didn't have one single friend to call during the day. And I went from really floundering alone to thriving in community. And so, yeah, I, there's, I talk a ton about this in the book, but just to touch on a few quick things. First of all, if you're in that place where you just are longing to, to start friendships, you've got to, you've got to initiate, you've got to reach out. And I think that there's a few pitfalls we can fall into Things like thinking, well, I'm new, so everyone should get to know me. Like I was in, I we moved to a new city. I was in the new mom and the moms group, and I felt like, well, other people should reach out. 
No, like be the friend you long to have. And if you say those magic words, I always laugh because I think that so many women, we have good intentions with no follow through. We'll say things Mm -hmm. like, oh, we should hang out sometime. And then you do nothing. No two women ever built a life together friendship by thinking it was a good idea. So definitely start by initiating, reaching out. And then I think being willing to take a risk and be vulnerable is like, foundational for building a real friendship. Um, so be, be honest. And I feel like when you are real off the bat, there's no going back. So be real. Tell that, tell that new mom, like, don't, I love my kids, but man, like I am struggling right now. Or I never knew how motherhood would affect my marriage. Whatever that thing is, you know, it will free her to do the same And then when I really think about those friendships that are life together, and by that, I mean those friends that are there to cheer you on and celebrate you in your triumphs in life and motherhood or your career, whatever it is. And they're also there to see you at your worst and to walk together with you. And I think being willing to serve one another and let yourself be served is crucial to growing deep friendship roots. I call it the soil of service. And there's something about you know, when a, when a mom, when a friend asks like, oh, like, you know, your husband's in the hospital or you had a miscarriage or it's just a really hard week and everyone's hit the flu. Can I bring you dinner? We're so quick to say, no, I got it. No, I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine. Being fine isn't the point. We build deep friendships when we say, yeah, yeah, sure. I would, I would love dinner. Yeah. You can pick up a, di- a pack of diapers for me at Target. Yeah. Actually you can take this kid to soccer practice so I don't have to go out and I can let the baby nap, whatever it is. So being vulnerable, reaching out and then finding ways to serve each other in practical ways. Definitely were, were key ingredients to building those life together friends for me. So you are at a very different season of life than you were. What would it be? Eight, mm-hmm. eight, nine, eight, five, or, even, even yeah, five, five years, years ago. ago. Yeah. And I think that there are probably new challenges now. There, mm-hmm. there are a lot of challenges when your kids are little. It's yeah. exhausting physically. Talk to the mom who is in the season of life that you're in now, who she is maybe also feeling it's a different kind of exhaustion. And mm-hmm. she's feeling like, I don't know how to do these preteen years. My kids are getting older and it's we're having these bigger conversations and these bigger things. And it's not just you take the green Lego and he'll take right. the red Lego. You know? Right. Tell, tell us what it's been like for parenting with confidence in this new season. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's not something that you ever arrive at. It's definitely a journey. And one thing I'm grateful is I remember when I was a mom of littles, I was scared of this season of motherhood, of the three baseball teams and the activities and the homework. That felt really daunting. And if I let myself think about it, I can feel nervous about how am I possibly going to parent or feed three teenage boys. But here's the thing. God equips you for the season that you're in when you're in it. You, I don't have to be ready to parent three teenagers because I'm not there yet. So that's one thing that I just, I realized he, he is with us in the moment. And the other thing is, is for me, hands down, I talk about lots of things in the book, friendship, gratitude, celebrating your strengths, but more than anything else, the way that I have learned to parent with confidence in this season is by being rooted in God's word. I mean, there's so many times we've had, we have a child who has some learning challenges. Last year, we had made the hard decision for him to repeat first grade. That was really hard. I had, I just had a parent teacher conference last week for another child that his teacher sees his 
his curiosity. I have a big smile on my face because this middle son of mine, he, we call him shiny because he's like, he's magical. He's vibrant. He's full of life. And yet he talks a lot in class. He lacks focus, different things like there's, and my husband are like, how do we, how do we harness the good and yet train him in these fundamental skills of focusing and paying attention and different things. And, and so I go back over and over again. One of my favorite verses is in James and it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, he or she should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. And so I think about like, I, God, I don't know. I don't know how to reach through to this child. I don't know how to deal. I mean, in this age, we deal with things like maybe you have a kid who's kind of deceitful. Maybe they get trapped in line. Maybe there's someone who, you know, you have a painfully shy child and you just want her to open up a little bit. Maybe you have someone who is making not good choices with their friends, all these things. And I just go back like, I don't know the answer, but I know that God does. And and when I, you know, when I have a kid who's in the middle of a meltdown or, has done really poorly in school or whatever it is, you know, I'll pray that prayer. I'm like, God, your word says that you'll give wisdom generously. I need it now. And, and he's faithful to it. He's faithful to it. I loved your quote that you said, God equips us for the season that we're in. Mm -hmm. I didn't say it exactly. You said it so beautifully, but how so often we can look ahead Mm -hmm. and we can fear what's to come. Yeah. Instead of just walking in faith, in the day that we are in, like yeah. moment by moment, because he's not going to give us the grace for tomorrow. Right. He's only going to give us this day, our daily bread. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for the wisdom that you brought today. And I just want to encourage everyone who is listening. If you are struggling as a mom, if you're feeling like I don't have what it takes, I'm not enough, or you're just discouraged or tired or weary as a mother, Please, please, please go get a copy of Becky Keefe's book, No Better Mom for the Job, Parenting with Confidence. I promise you, I'm going to just put this guarantee out (laughs) that it is going to benefit your life. It is going to encourage you. And I think you're going to be really blessed by reading it. As always, if you have any question on any topic you'd love for Jesse and I to answer on a future episode, or you just have feedback or suggestions, or you'd love for us to change something or do something different, we love to hear from you. We love your emails. And so you can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 